Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Woo-hoo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. The first episode of the off season. I'm your host DJ Patty Cake, as you're always joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the studio. And you know, it, it's been a little bit, um, pretty much on par with two months since uh, we've won the championship. So we've been kind of doing our own things. But I know I've I've been pretty vocal about you know I've been doing baseball and just kind of finding my way around that. Matt, what have you been up to lately? I have been doing a lot of writing. I've been working on, as uh, some people, listeners know, I've been working on a book about Danbury hockey for a few years now, and uh, I've been spending my time doing that and working on various writing projects as uh, we kind of near, um, again, the start of the semester here at Westcon. It's coming up quicker than you think because we're already almost at the end of July, yeah. right? So we're almost back. Uh, um, that's what I've been doing. Um, I've been playing some uh, beer league hockey as I always do. Uh, be playing next weekend in Atlantic City, so I'll finally have like a little uh, kind of total break. I won't be bringing my laptop down there or anything like that. I'll just be kind of focused on uh, having a good time, but then it's kind of back to work. And uh, there's a lot on my plate at the moment, as you know, but it's great to be back in the studio where we do have so much fun uh, and the good times are still rolling, you know, after the championship. Of course. And, you know, there's been some developments uh, that have come about relating to the league, relating to the hat tricks since we've, you know, last come on here and had our own episode. Uh, the biggest of that being um, our season schedule for the 2023-24 season. So, you know, we're going to kind of break that down a little bit. We're not going to go too in-depth, but just talk about how the schedule looks overall, home and on the road. Um, I know from first thoughts, when I saw it, um, pretty repetitive. I mean, we, we play Binghamton nine times on each sphere, and... We play Port Huron five times at home as well, and then it's mostly just circulating the three or four teams in the area with like two special other appearances by Carolina and Motor City. Motor City, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I think I always take a historical approach when we look at things like this and we get questions asked, but I don't think that anybody, um, Don Kiernan. Uh, Herm, um, people that have been in the FHL since they won. I don't think any of them ever intended uh, a team in Watertown uh, having to play against a team in Columbus, Georgia on any type of regular basis. Yeah. I think that was probably fair to say that, you know, in the not last season, but probably the season before that, those teams probably saw each other a few times just because there were less teams in the league and it was a kind of return year from COVID. Um, Look, this is independent, minor league, professional sports. This isn't, uh, you know, these contracts and and, and the pay and the cost of everything, it's not underwritten or supplemented uh, in any way by NHL team. It's big-pocketed, you know, I anything like that so it comes down to if the league is going to grow it has to grow divisionally and that's what happened here i mean uh you've got a virginia team kind of sliding right into where delaware was right in 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 the division and we're seeing the same teams over and over um I don't think anybody wanted this. I think most of the fans love the idea of uh, some of these guys coming into town for the weekend from far away places like Biloxi, Mississippi, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, you know, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and, you know, making a weekend of it. It's, you know, these long bus rides, 
Um, they've been part of minor league lore forever. You and I have been on some long bus rides with the team. Uh, Billy McCreary uh, has stories about bus rides that just never end. Yeah, I don't think anybody who bought a team in this league at any point thought that there were going to be these huge road trips. And it's the distance and the hospitality expenses that come into it, the cost of feeding groups of guys that are on the road like that. And and it might not be that bad if you could guarantee yourself ice time when you go to these faraway trips. But I'm going to... I'm going to say just based on my experience, that's not always the case. It is many times the case, but it's not always the case that that um, the hat tricks will get ice time on the road uh, to keep their legs ready um, when they when they play these away games. So um, what can you say? I think it's a little disappointing because you you'll want to see at least one trip or something like that. But it. it the league just isn't set up like that right now. How could Watertown, that has a thousand seat rink, mm-hmm. how could they really afford to travel to a Columbus to a? And I know they have so they have some road trips, yeah, on their schedule. But to do it that often, I think puts those teams at a disadvantage, and it's a shame the interdivisional type play um, really makes. Uh, I don't know, things interesting at times, especially when, you know, uh, some of the teams down south, just the way other fans interact on on Facebook and stuff like that. You kind of want to see those head-to-head matchups in the Federal League. But I'm sure that this format and this configuration that the league is in right now where uh, the travel is just going to be cut, it looks like literally to a quarter – you know, at least half of what it was last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure this is what the ownerships wanted. And I'm sure that Elmira, you know, being league run, uh, Don Kieran and them uh, going to operate that team. Uh, I'm sure that they, you know, had no intention of, of running a team that was going to visit uh, all of those places this season. They, they, I don't know what their schedule looks like either, but just the way the thing, things boil down. And the Virginia team, I mean, that team isn't even ready. Yeah, no. Uh, so I'm not sure what's happening there either. Um, you know, that may be a situation where they play, you know. But can we get their schedule up? Wh- which one? Virginia hockey team, whatever yeah, yeah. it's going to be called. The Virginia Nameless Hockey Club. Yeah, Withville County or whatever. No, I think they're going to be Virginia. Oh, they're just going with Virginia? Okay, well, yeah. I'm still going to put in with folks. That's what we're still calling it on the uh, schedules and whatnot. I just, you know, <laughs> is there a place called the Apex Center? Is that their place? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so. I just don't know, man. I mean, they don't have a logo. They haven't really revealed any pictures from that construction in a while. I just don't know. Maybe we can go quickly to their Facebook page. I haven't seen anything yeah. from them. Um, again, it's, it's, it's... I can't tell you this. The last thing I saw from them was back in May. And remember when we watched the, like, that breaking news headline, like, in November? Mm-hmm. Exactly the same. Like, no change whatsoever. It looked exactly the same. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they're even close to having a place ready, you know, for, for the season. I mean, they said a nine-month turnaround, but... I don't know. That doesn't doesn't sound like it's in the cards for them with those kind of pictures. Um, yeah, like their their Facebook is just a W with a coming soon like header. It's a generic blue W. Yeah, with no. It's like a blue black background on top of a blue letter. June thirteenth, the floor is going in, and then these are the pictures that they have. So they. I guess they have a floor, but barely. It's yeah. Like, it's like a go-kart This track. doesn't look like it's going to be a successful venture. Again, you know, we've, we've seen situations like this in the past where it just doesn't look like they could get, get things done fast enough. And one of the things that I want to suggest here on um, Hattrick City is any team in the Federal League, and I hope that some other fans 
out there, maybe in Elmira, um, uh, anywhere, listen to this. If a new team is coming into the league, team that wants to create a new logo, new image, new brand, contact Dom Alessandro. That's the <laughs> yeah. best. That's the best advice. This guy has done dozens of logos through the years uh, for sports. Now, uh, the guy is on the top of the world and the advertising, brand packaging, kind of uh, graphic design, doing stuff with Goya, doing stuff with. Uh, just a bunch of different companies, obviously. We've 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 gone over his resume a hundred times on this show, but it's out there. You know, you can reference his interview with us if you want to see what he's all about. The reality is, um, a sports venture. If you have the money to rent a rink, like the rink in Baton Rouge, like yeah. the rink in Elmira, we're gonna need to use some of that money to actually create the brand and the logo and the image that you are going to be uh, touting, that you are going to be uh, selling, essentially. You know, spend a little time on a little research and development and and come up with something good. I couldn't be more... uh, I couldn't be more disappointed with what Elmira came out with. I mean, the River Sharks is terrible. Has anybody thought about this? The River Sharks and the River Dragons are the exact same thing. I, They're I both mythical creatures of a river that live in well, a river. I mean, sharks are real, but in the sense that they're living in a river. They don't live in a they, river. They don't live in rivers. They don't I live get in what a you're river. saying, but... No, no. It's, a, it's mythical to think... To, yeah, that they live in a river. That a shark would be living in a river, right? Yeah. It's not mythical that a shark exists. Yeah, yeah. A dragon is completely fictitious, yeah, yeah. right? Fake. No, of course. Of it's, course. it's fantasy. So, right. So it's, it's all make-believe that they're... That they're basing this shit on. It's the same thing. I st- listen. If you really wanted to use the river, there's already a river team in the league. Uh, there's already two wolves teams. Uh, why not just river hounds or something like that? Dogs are so popular. People love dogs. People yeah. people love like a good looking picture of a dog. Uh, Elmira river hounds. You know what I mean? Uh, I just don't think that River... Sh- I mean, this was literally something that seemed like it was decided in about 35 seconds. You know yeah. what? Let's make it something, you know, real... Uh, like we haven't heard before, you know? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Put the sharks in a river. The river no one's ever that's heard it. of That's it. The Elmira right? River Sharks. That's... It's done. Um, it was just, again... I do like what they're doing with that team, though. I they're active. They're picking up guys that probably should have been on teams all all, all season last year. Grant Mentis yeah. got picked up. Uh, former hat trick Kodiak White Duck signed with them. Obviously, uh, Justin Schmidt. Obviously, Luke Richards will be returning. Uh, Solis, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so again, hopefully they'll be competitive. But yeah, not leaving a lot to be desired with the logo type of thing. And again, I think this is something, I mean, is this done, was this done for free? If it was, it's obvious. <laughs> and if it wasn't done for free, you just went to the wrong guy. You know what I mean? You just went to the wrong guy. I mean, we have a guy here in Danbury who's great. He's designed logos. Uh, contact him. I mean, compared to the mammoth, which was I don't know. I think the mammoth was better. I think the mammoth think was better. No question. Better, no better name. Not better logo though. Better logo. Better. Cre- this crest is complete. This is a crest. That's not a logo. You, do you realize though that this this mammoth? They literally found this out within days of the announcement that this is a clip art that you can get on a royalty free website for free. I realize that completely, but it's a crest. <laughs> it's an actual. No, it's a nice logo. crest. It's an actual logo. Well, I the mean, other it, thing is they just have this one too though. That's awful. <laughs> what what is that other thing? A plate. The the shark is the same color. What is that? <laughs> Collectible plate. Yeah, they're bringing that back. You're going to have that at the merch stand. Oh, God. That's a terrible, terrible logo. (laughs) Just really bad. Just to clarify, we're commenting on the circular logo that... It looks like it's a Frisbee, a Frisbee team. See, you've been doing Ultimate. Yeah, I've been following Ultimate. It's a great sport. If you're into the summer game, uh, American Ultimate Disc League. (laughs) New York Empire is undefeated right now. See what happens tonight. Disc sharks. The disc sharks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then <clears throat> and then you get into the situation with Baton Rouge, which again, um not crazy about the logo. 
um, Zydeco, Baton Rouge Zydeco. It's a music um, that's kind of founded in the Creole tradition yeah. uh, of Louisiana, which I have a lot of respect for, uh, especially all the jazz history out of New Orleans and, and, and all that stuff. But um, I think my biggest problem with it is the bridge, which I understand it's probably local significance, but there's just too much going on. There's just too much marriage here. The bridge... I, you know who he would have been a great guest to have on today was Dom Alessandro to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. B- uh, but uh, the bridge combined with the fleur-de-lis and the uh, the hockey stick there in the Zydeco Z, um, here's the thing. It's a music, and there's absolutely no kind of acknowledgement of that. There's no way to reference that. So I wouldn't even know. I thought it was the name of some construction company or some uh, male enhancement product that may yeah. have been uh, distributed uh, locally down there. I mean, then too, I mean, just at a first glance, I thought this was a mountain. I couldn't even tell that that was like a bridge until like really just sitting down and looking at it for like a, a longer than just a glance. Um, and then for me, I I really can't just like, like I don't like how the, the stick is crooked like that. I feel like they could have done a tighter wrap around and it would just go up. You know what I mean? Like, I think someone did a redesign. So cre- credits to them. Um, blanking on the name, but someone redesigned it, and it looked way nicer than what they actually made. Um, I can find that and then source it. But if you want to... It'd be great to take a look at what that guy did, but I can tell you that um, it's going to look funny on a jersey, that logo. It's 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 You need a crest or a circular type of a thing i mean we we don't necessarily have that with the hat tricks but the jersey looks great and uh it's 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 been that way for you know a number of years again there's there's this doesn't i don't know this doesn't tell me music that doesn't tell me music it's still I don't know. It's just a neater logo. I mean, they they ditched the bridge entirely, and then they just made the stick. In no, logo. you know what that looks like? That looks like the original Trashers logo that AJ shows people sometimes. It's oh, the word yeah. Trashers with like a hockey stick underneath yeah. or something like that. Yep. Uh, it just was a little vapid, uh, c- again compared to what Dom Alessandro did. Yeah, but, but shout out to uh, to Tim's Garage BR by the way. That's who redesigned it. I don't want to go on crediting. Let me see his thing. That's the comparison of the two. See, I I think he's done a neat job there, but that looks like to me, not a uh, again Tim's uh, garage Baton Rouge. He he did a beautiful job. Um, what I would say is editing and refining that logo, that original logo. Mm. But I don't again. I don't think that that's a crest of a front of a sweater. You think what I'm saying? No, that, I got you. I that got you. looks like a great shoulder patch, especially the Tim's Garage version. It's it's night and day, just a little more. Um, it's just a better package there. It looks a little cooler. The bridge confuses things. Like, if it was the Zydeco bridge, I mean, maybe it would make sense. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, Tim's Garage is a fresher, neater approach on what they've done. But again, it, it you know, not taking anything away from his work it doesn't look like the front of a jersey to me yeah i was thinking that it would be a horn of some type you know obviously when it's anything louisiana it's the fleur-de-lis um logo you know that which is for reference it's a new orleans saints uh, helmet logo yep. uh, a number of things you see that logo on really worldwide um again uh Here's the qu- the question is who do you think was the better I, mean, I think it's Zydeco but again the name uh means a lot locally and we're going to see after the first season if it really sticks you know what I mean if 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 they feel I think a big thing about the name Pat um when you think of the name of a team when you come up with a logo a standard are you going to be able to sell this you know yeah. what I mean? Are you going to be able to sell this to sponsors? Yeah, because you, you got to be... market that in a way that you know looks appealing to sponsors that they'll want to put that on their products or have their name 
sided with this. Are you going to be able to come up with clever marketing schemes around that name? So I think when uh, it comes to logos and names, you have to be very careful. There must have been something uh, that just prevented them from doing the Baton Rouge Kingfish. I was going to say, I feel like they could have went back to that, no problem, because people loved that team when it was there. I think that, you know, how that works is very simple. If the name slips into public domain, and this is pretty much highly verifiable. I have a buddy who does this pretty much all day uh, just for kick, uh, just for giggles and kicks. Um, but if the name slips into public domain, you can just take it. So if if it's if somebody is failing to file, the kingfish name ceases to file uh, for those rights. Essentially, anybody could pick it up. Uh, there might be some refusal process or something, but I think that generally people want to come up with their own name. That's one thing, and then yeah. the other the other thing is there are some people out there that are going to pay for those rights forever because they don't want people taking what they created it, it would it would be exactly like if the galantes had let the name danbury trasher slip into the public domain which believe it or not i think it was for a while it was and then right before the documentary came out aj redid all the paperwork and he got it again got it and and the idea with that is um you know i don't think it's a secret if the name had slipped into public domain that you wouldn't want to do it with the galantes but but i mean like uh you know, if the name had slipped into public domain, that would have left the door open for some future tenant of Danbury Arena to say, hey, you know, I want to bring back the name. Da, da, da. What usually happens, I think, in a lot of these sports is years ago, minor league sports was a little different. There wasn't the there wasn't really the money in the merch and selling things online and and the sponsorship that there is today, mm-hmm. you know. And years ago, you know, teams would get sold or sometimes owners would just kind of step away from it and say, hey, you know, I had five good years. I can't really own this anymore. It's just, you know, we won the championship one year and I kept it going for three years after that. Probably should have stopped. And they pass the team on. It ends up in a trust or something like that. But today it's a little different. And I also think... um, really surprised this offseason at the approach that these teams took. Uh, this Baton Rouge team, we're here in the middle of July. They're, that's their announcement for a team uh, name is coming basically in the middle of July. I mean, we're, we're at July 14th. I think that the name came out two days ago. Uh, yes. We're recording on July 14th, yeah. and the, the name didn't come out until July 12th. I mean, I would love to know the exact date that the Mississippi Seawolves announced their name and I would love to know the exact date that the Motor City uh, Rockers announced their name because this just seems way out of protocol and then you have the White uh, Withville um, Virginia team which still hasn't announced the name so uh, you know Pat you're into the Savannah Bananas and all that stuff and everybody who probably listens to the show you guys have access to ESPN plus and and all these other things that are yeah. sh- that are showing sports right i just think you'd take a way more aggressive approach to owning a minor league team in 2023 uh than than these two teams did i mean i don't know what the resources of these teams are but you know you, you need unlimited money to do unlimited things but at the same time you want to get that logo out there you want to get the brand around town, get people excited about seeing these games, get people excited about the new brand of hockey representing their town. And I just think that these two teams are failing to do that right now. I mean, you know, the day Herm and, uh, you know, the ownership group, the diamonds, Chris, uh, you know, Billy was involved. These guys took Danbury arena back. There was no doubt there was going to be a federal hockey league team in there. And I think, just that alone built up a lot of hype and then when the logo comes out it's even bigger and and it just seems like these teams were run um i I don't want to say unprofessionally because that sounds really sharp um i've had my bad days too 
but just without that sense of urgency that you'd think a new business would want to kind of operate with. You, yeah. you, you, you want to go out there and you want to get your logo out there. You want to start, you know, bringing in pint glasses to breweries and season ticket info and pocket schedules. I mean, whatever the heck, heck it is, you want to do it. I mean, so it looks like to me what the first iteration of the Seawolves were coming back was February 15th of last year. Ridiculous. So now we're in July and one of the teams still hasn't announced uh, a name. And you, you'd think, I don't even know when the training camps open in this league for, you know, September, you know, October. Uh, yeah. I, I think it might be sometime late next month. If I'm not mistaken, I might, don't call me on that. I'm going to check that out in a second, but, um, I just think that it takes so long to do everything. Even what we've done with the Mustache Classic, I've started to, I've tried to start earlier and earlier every year so we can just get that much further ahead. It's impossible at times. It's really tough. But um, the tradition is uh, just kind of out of whack here. You know, you, you usually have your name out by, you know, if you're going to play that next fall, I think you want to have your name out by like, yeah, I would think February or March of of that winter, the latest. You know, I, yeah, because I mean they announced it like pretty much what two months after they had those um, exhibition games. Yeah. So they were pretty much ready to go. You, I bet they were ready to go as soon as those games had begun. Even. You know, I, I think that they made a statement at one point saying that they they didn't have everything in place and it was it was a process. But I mean especially for this Virginia team, they're going to own their own building, I guess, and they're going to be housed in there. It's like uh, maybe they're not going to own the building, but um, a team is going to be propped up there. I mean, you'd think that being that the rink is in an area where the population, immediate population just isn't that high, you would think you were going to do one year of promotion to see if you could get... I mean, this is what happened to the first few Federal League teams. You know, there just wasn't enough history there um, in the beginning. Mm. And if you got a late start, you, you know, it, it hurt you. You know, and um, yeah, I I hope this is not the sign of uh, bad things to come. But I do think that, look, the Danville Dashers kind of got a really rocky start and they were around about 10 years, I think. Yeah, you know, just if, about. if you look up their numbers, so um, I I wish everybody involved the best. The people that I've talked to in the league really aren't that worried, but yeah, I think this was, uh, you know, I think if Delaware was going to come back, uh, I'd be a little more at ease. You know, mm-hmm. it's nice to see Elmira get on level feet hopefully they'll find a new owner for that team in the next year or two believe me they probably won't be the the elmira river sharks that long because if a new owner (laughs) comes along he's probably going to want to at least change that logo uh and i i think i think elmira river hounds would have been better i mean like like a like it's a jackal isn't a dog but like you know like something kind of like that you know what i mean would have been a little more um, just a little more appropriate. But again, I like what those guys are doing in Elmira. It seems like, you know, this is a league of opportunity. Mm. So these guys, they got Tyler uh, Jurich, yep. and I believe um, the other guy is uh, MJ Merkel. Yes. Yep. And he'll be coaching, uh, assistant coach there. So, you know, listen, these, these guys are going to go um, – they're going to try and get things done up there. They're building a, a team. Looks like young guys. Looks like some guys with experience. So it 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 really, um, it really, um, you know, I think they have a better shot than either of those southern teams to to do anything to get back. Those guys that are going to be playing in Elmira, they they got fans around the league and they. 
They know the area a little bit up there already. Some of the guys who played on Elmira last year. I, 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 you know, I, I think they'll be okay. And I know Ron Rogel is very happy about the situation in Elmira because he's a big uh, supporter of Elmira hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, and to go back with camps, um, I couldn't really find a training camp date, but a lot of the free agency camps are either early August or like hours the hat trick is going to be in september so. um you know what's crazy i really wish we could go back to uh, we you'd have to have Herm check my uh fact on this one but i think that back in the day there was like a midsummer free agent camp and an all-star game mm. of the camp which was really just a scrimmage uh, yeah. uh of the camp and that would have been great to have this summer. It would be great. I know the ice was up for a lot of the summer, uh, but that would have been really good um, just to have something like that, to bring the fans out. Went to a Westerners game last night where uh, our you know, young, strapping <laughs> co-host, um, Pat Frenette, was on the public address uh, system, and the danbury super fans lisa and roger stalker were were in attendance and you know it would just be great to have something like that i'm sure there's some young guys uh that would come out for the skate and for the all-star game and and things like that so it'd be great to have like a nice summer kind of hat tricks event i'm sure there's a ton of local college kids we could bring in and stuff like that we probably sell the jerseys and stuff like that from the from the from the event so it would be great to see something like that in the future yeah and you know speaking of future you announced something recently that is pretty near and dear to both of us i mean more so you since you've been doing it <laughs> for now five years going um the mustache classic the fifth going at it tell us about it i know we got a cool theme going for it this year and um love for you to break it down um yeah you know we are coming back with the fifth annual mustache classic uh ice hockey outing uh for men's cancer and suicide prevention uh i you know at some point i think we'll we'll have kind of a more full episode on that i'd love to get some fans to come out this year so we can get a little more uh donation in the kitty uh, we raised almost fifty thousand dollars last year. You know, I, I never have high expectations for it. I I kind of realized that everybody involved with it, me and and all the 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 people who play, people like yourself who get involved. You know, um, everybody's taking a pretty honest approach to doing it. You know, I I don't have a lot of money, and and you know, but we, we've been able to work with a few good sponsors who've wanted to make a difference for these important issues uh, through the game of hockey. And we've gotten people involved in this. We've gotten fans involved, former players, beer leaguers, uh, the Zambonis. We've had um, Steve Carlson come down. We've had Doug the Doug Smith, who's a Hall of Famer with us. He's been a part of our organization, uh, you know, since the second since the second one. Um yeah, it's going to be November 4th at Danbury Arena. We're hoping that a few Danbury hockey alumni are able to play this year. I got some commitments uh, from at least one or two guys hoping to have um, some people come out as well. I'm really hoping Billy McCreary's dad comes out and plays in the Mustache Classic because I think he would just have the time of his life and it would be great to have uh, former NHL player just kind of stand up for the mustache classic a little bit and have the just get on that level uh, of participation and stuff so it, it it's really been great for me it, it, you know I was thinking about it. it's probably the best thing I ever did in my life um, you know just start this thing up and uh, I do um, more so than than any kind of uh, award we've won for it or a contest we've won or recognition we've received just the relationships that have formed among, you know, beer league hockey people that have uh, re- really made it their their own thing, and, and they've all contributed in their own way, and that's a really a point of pride for me, and uh, it's a special thing that I hope to continue for a- as long as there's the opportunity. We, we, we've had uh, people come from all over the United States to come participate here in danbury connecticut 
in the Mustache Classic, Arizona, all over the Northeast. Uh, we had, you know, people come in from California one time to help me out, a friend of mine, uh, just uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, uh, um, uh like I said, Arizona, the list, the list just kind of goes upstate New York. People have come from all over to be a part of this. And I, I'm really proud of that. I, I can say that, you know, I, in the most humble way, I'm really proud that the mustache classic brings people to Danbury that probably wouldn't come here. Um, veterans, uh, people involved in law enforcement, uh, like I said, people involved in hockey at every level through the years so uh I'm looking forward to it november 4th and i would really love to see some of the hatrick city listeners come out for the championship game which will probably be around noon that day i'll confirm on a later show but uh, it would be great to see you come down throw a couple bucks whatever it is in the donation uh cap uh because uh th- this is going to be a fun year yeah and i'm pretty hyped for it i always am i mean last year working on it was nothing short of a blast i mean you know just seeing that event run for you know my first time seeing it um i just loved being a part of it i was just impressed with you know what you put on and how effective it was for the cause and just all the people that came out and were just happy to just play you know win or loss in their circle it didn't matter they came out and they were happy that came with time too it took it took people a few years to realize well this isn't really like a tournament this is I make the whole tournament about 90 minutes. The whole, it's a little more than 90 minutes, I guess. Yeah. But it's about 90 minutes. So it's like the same amount of time as open hockey. We play a tournament with these cool uniforms and stuff. So it's, it's been a great thing. And uh, like I said, looking forward to um, just getting uh, more involved with the Danbury community through it. Yeah, now this this off season, I think we're going to be coming around on a biweekly basis. We're going to try and keep that as best as we can for <laughs> We've you. We've already guys. missed that, Pat. Well, I'm saying for now because now we're yeah. now we're coming out and officially saying when it. the season starts, we'll be back to one show a week. But yes. we're we're going to be sporadic throughout the summer, and I, I hopefully we're going to iron out a couple of guest episodes here. But we'll be back again, um, you know, when the season starts on a much more consistent basis. But um, yeah. Yeah, so for now we'll we'll have check-ins with players and we'll, like you said, get guests on and organize all that. And I mean, for this episode, we also have a guest. That is the Westcon Ice Hockey head coach, Aiden Burkhardt. We spoke about this upcoming season and some ideas that we have to kind of boost the program a little bit um, in a few different areas. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. And, you know, until the next time we see you, take care and possibly come down to a baseball game. You can see me. Matt may be there. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, today on Hattrick City, we got a very, very special guest, the WestCon's very own head coach, Aiden Burkhardt. Aiden, how are we doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to finally be doing this. How are you doing? doing? Doing great. I mean, you know, season's been over since about February, so, you know, we want to know what, what have you been up to personally with coaching or recruitment? So really, it's it's just the main thing is recruitment and figuring out uh, next season. That's that's the biggest part. Um, you know, talking to our team manager and the uh, the people who work at Westcon and, and figuring out you know what we want to do in terms of scheduling, uh, who we want to play, even league meetings. Um, we've had a couple of those, um, and you know there's some new teams added, so we have to figure that out. And, yeah, I mean, it's recruitment, figuring out next season is the main thing, um, trying to, you know, boost up the program, figure out strategies to get more people in attendance at our games and things like that. Yeah, and so, you know, we've, we've been playing on the Danbury Ice Arena Ice, you know, the same as the Hattricks. And, you know, what do you tell the students to kind of get them involved and, you know, to calm down to these games? So, I mean, we have a social media presence. Um, you know, we post graphics before and after games. We post a graphic sometimes about, like, the week ahead, what we have if we have two or three games. Um, you know, it's, it's tough sometimes um, with Danbury having, you know, a pro team in the building and some junior programs. Obviously, that's going to take precedent over us, right, and completely understandable on their part. So sometimes, you know, we get game slots at 
nine ten o'clock at night and it's a little tougher to get people to come out to those um but even you know there's not much of a difference in attendance right now for when we have a seven o'clock game or an eight o'clock game which you would expect people to come through to and you know it's tough it's tough to see as a former player because when i played our stands were packed um you know luckily we had you know i was friends with a lot of lacrosse players um some of the other boys were friends with lacrosse players and things like that. We had a couple of football players that would come and play for us. So that drew out big crowds. Um, and we all kind of hung out with a, a big friend group. We all lived at Chestnut at the time, too, or a couple of us lived at Chestnut. So obviously, you know, if there's students listening, they know that, you know, you're going to meet some people while you're there. And it, it's tough. Um, it's understandable, too, because we're a club sport, right? We're not NCAA. So I think that kind of turns people off or maybe even makes it so they don't recognize it i mean when i would wear westcon hockey stuff to class and i know other people have done this as well teachers and other people would be like wait there's a hockey team and it's like yeah we have a hockey team we play a five minute walk from one of the campuses here um so that that's the biggest issue um it's trying to get people to come and we're trying to combat that by you know having working with the school and the media team to get more videos um doing club days we're going to make sure we always have players in attendance to that i'll be there when i can make them uh we're going to put flyers up around campus which we do every year but it's 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 a problem that we still haven't figured out yet um and yeah i mean that that's really it um because a lot of it also is on the boys like i said when i played you know it was because we knew a lot of people and lived at chestnut so we had a bunch of friends that would come to the games um and another big problem we have is a lot of our players are commuters. Mm. So that makes it tough, right? Like, they really only know the boys. You know, they, they may know some other people, but they're not on campus all the time. So they can't tell people. They're not hanging out in the dorms, and they can be, like, to the people on their floor, like, hey, come to the games, um, which does work. One of our players, Gavin, did that this year. Yep. I'm pretty sure, like, one of the first days, one of the first weeks he was in the dorm, he was, like, going around knocking on doors, being like, hey, come to the hockey games when we have them and like people would come for Gavin they'd be holding up signs for him <laughs> yeah. so you know it's on it's on us um to figure that out yeah and then you know I heard through the grapevine there might be a few games possibly scheduled before a fed game um would you try and market that into like a double header of sorts where we could have Westcon followed by the pro team yeah yeah so we're trying to do that um we are trying to do that. We're talking to Nick about how to coordinate that. Shout out to Nick. Um, he's a big help at the rink with uh, everything from WestCon to, you know, the youth program, so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, that, that's another thing is getting the community involved, right? I mean, Danbury, after this Fed championship run they went on and won, it, it's, you know, kind of a hockey town now. I mean, if anybody was at those games, um, you know what it looked like during the playoffs you know what it looked like during that championship season it was a it was a it was a gong show literally somebody in the stands had a gong i don't even know how he got that in the rink but um yeah so we're working with that to get the community to come because that that's another thing um and i know i keep going back to when i played but we had community members there when we played as well we had alumni there when when i was playing um so it's I don't know what caused the disparity um, and the drop off. I don't know if it was because at the time there wasn't a pro team when I played. Because um, when I when the hockey program started back up, it was right after the Titans ended, I believe. Um, okay. So then there wasn't really hockey besides us, at, at least you know decently high level hockey. There was no juniors out of there. There was youth, and then there was us. Um, so I don't know if people were just looking for hockey to watch in the community at the time. I don't know if COVID killed it. That's also a possibility because, you know, people talk. So they come to a game, hey, Westcon's doing good. The game was awesome to go to. And now they're telling their friends. And maybe they're telling some of the people that they used to go to the Trashers or the, the Titans games with. And now these people are showing up. So, you know, Danbury's a hockey town. So we do want to get the community involved in a sense. Um, and I think a great way to do that is by kind of doing a doubleheader um, – with the hat tricks you know they we play maybe where their start time seven i believe seven yeah. seven yeah so we play you know four o'clock exactly five, four o'clock four thirty gives it enough time to get the ice you know cut people are ready there um for all of you over 21 they do serve beer at our games so you know if you're coming if you want to come pre-game hat tricks game you can come watch <laughs> us if this if this happens um yep. But, but, yeah, I mean, the community involvement would be awesome to get because, like I said, Danbury is turning into a hockey town now. Um, 
won a championship with the Fed. Um, there's billet families all over the area now who host these uh, junior players and things like that. Um, but, but yeah, community involvement would be awesome. And we're, we try to do things to get the community involved as well. Um, last year, we partnered with um, the Junior Colonials for a game. And we had all their mites come out on the ice with us for the, uh, for the national anthem. And then we did a chuck-a-puck and things like that. Um, so we want to try to do as well with, with a team in the area, or maybe two teams in the area, is bring their mites in and kind of do what they do at NHL games. You know, you see the kids yeah. do a shootout competition or play a little cross-ice game. Um, but yeah, like I keep saying, it, it, it all is on us. Um, and the rink helps out a lot. The school helps out a lot. But at the end of the day, if we're not doing our job to promote it as a team, as players, as coaches, um, then yeah, that's, you know, we got it. We got some figuring out to do and we're, we're really trying to push that and, and build it. Um, cause a great thing that I would love to see is have, you know, a youth organization, a summer program in the, in the rink, um, then you have juniors, fed, club hockey, and then, you know, hopefully one day we can get D3. So yeah. now we have from top to bottom all the way up to pro. You can start at a mite. As a mite, you can play club if maybe you can't play NCAA, D3, D2, D1, whatever WestCon ends up being when that happens. You can play college at the NCAA level, and now you can get to the fed and you can play some level of pro hockey. Um and that's a goal of the rink as well. You know, we've talked to Nick, we've talked to people, and, and that's, you know, we're all in agreement on building out something that everybody can be successful and we have a top-down pipeline. Yeah. And then, you know, at these games, I know you mentioned, like, doing chuck pucks and, you know, activations like that. So would there be a plan for next season to possibly incorporate more things like that and even during intermissions for, like, maybe students come and do, like, a little sled race or something on the ice? Yeah, um... That's actually a great idea. I didn't even think about the students be having something for the students to do because um, currently all we ever do for students is, uh, what is it, the DJ skate nights. Yeah. But again, like sometimes if we have a late game slot, that conflicts, and now the kids are going to the DJ skate night. They're not watching us play, whatever, whatever. But that, yeah, definitely doing more things like that um, because, like I said, if we're just telling the community to come but we're also not giving them anything besides a – club hockey game to watch um they may not come they may be like well why the hell am i going here you know and that's something you do see at i haven't been to any of the um junior games but that's something you see at the fed games right they do things in intermissions they do they have bands outside for when in their intermissions things like that and finding a way to incorporate something like that on a smaller level i think is actually a great idea um and something that we'll definitely start looking into planning for sure course and then i know you mentioned bringing the community into it getting involved with that any plans to do any type of fundraisers whether it be going out to like a, a farmer's market of some sort and promoting the thing or going to some other type of event or creating one even yeah so yeah we do want to do fundraisers um i'm not sure how that necessarily works though um you know i've i've we've talked about it with uh Megan and Amy who who run the rec sports and, and are help us out a lot and we're, we're not you know I, I don't necessarily know how we go about that um, I, I believe when I talk to them about fundraisers there are it has to get approved by the school and things like that I may be wrong so you know I apologize if I am but I'm pretty sure you know it has to be like school sanctioned there has to be something um, we are working with the alumni association a lot more now to try to get donations um, if you go to Westcon hockey um, online and you go to the I, I don't know the exact link but it's on the it's on the rec sports page um, you can donate through there which helps out the program a lot um, because club hockey is pay to play um, yep. at this level I don't know if all programs are all pro programs may not be like if you get a D1 club team or something it may not be I'm not sure but at this level it is pay to play so you know the boys are putting money in out of their own pockets to to make it possible for this program to work and for them to pay because there's there's a lot we have to pay for right there's buses there's league fees um jersey costs when we get new jerseys which the school pays for actually um but yeah there's a lot of fees that go into ref costs ice time practice slots um all that stuff so yeah, fundraisers will be key, will be huge. Things like Chuck-a-Puck can even be used as fundraisers. Maybe we do like a 50-50 when we do Chuck-a-Puck, something yeah. like that. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're looking into fundraisers. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure how to do it. Um, 
and how to go about it yet, but it could be something as simple as a pancake breakfast. There's an IHOP right up the, up the road now, so you never exactly. know. And then, you know, I know there's a few people listening to this show now that, you know, have the ability to, to sponsor things. Is is that in the, the cards to possibly grab sponsorships for this team, or is that something we have to go through the school for? Um. I'm assuming it would have to go through the school. I wouldn't say that sponsorships aren't possible. Um, It's not something we've talked about, truthfully, but I wouldn't say it's not possible. I'm sure, you know, we could find a way where if you donate X amount of money, I I can't say that, you know, we're going to look like the German DEL and have, you know, your business's (laughs) logo all over our jersey. Um, Yeah. But I'm sure there's some type of sponsorship we can figure out, whether that's maybe we bring a banner to games now and we hang it behind the bench. Bring a banner. Even some of the intermission stuff can be sponsored by exactly. whoever wants to. And exactly. No, like that's, that. yeah. And, or like I said, we have a banner and, you know, it's the West Con Hockey logo, but then maybe there's some business logos in the corners or whatever. Um, yeah. But I, you know, that's something we've never talked about. Um, you're giving me a lot of good ideas to bring up the next time I meet with them um, because that's definitely a very good point. Um, having some type of, you know, sponsorship or donation ranking kind of thing um, where, you know, you donate X amount of dollars, you get this uh, or you get your name here or there or whatever. Maybe we start making programs for the games and, you know, this game's sponsored by so-and-so, X business, X person, whatever. Yeah. I mean, if it even comes down to it, there could be promotional nights. We can work with the rink on making like a food special for students where you bring your ID, you get X amount off of whatever. I mean, possibilities are endless with that. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and that's the other thing. Our games for students, I believe, are free. Yes. Um, I believe our games are free. So, yes, you know, are. you don't have to pay anything to come, Yep. Um, which is huge. You know, come out. It's, it's fun to watch. Um it's physical. If you've never seen a hockey game before, you'll I can guarantee you'll love it. Um, people can tend to get rowdy at hockey games. I know when we had fans, they would be going crazy. Um, when I played, we had a, a group of kids that we called the Goon Squad, uh, my first year coaching. And yes. Goon Squad, if you're listening, we're all pretty upset that you showed up to one home game this year. Um, but these kids were nuts. They'd be behind the, the other team's bench yelling and 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 chirping the other team and things like that which you know that's all part of the game um and it, you know it helped the boys out a lot uh motivational wise uh morale wise so you know having fans there definitely helps it makes a big difference um and you can notice it i mean our first game of the season was against sacred heart who came off an undefeated um an undefeated run in the regular season and then lost in the championship so they were coming back out for that first game of the season it was both of our first games this past season they were coming out you know ready to prove that this is still our league um and we had a we had a good amount of fans there i believe the dance team or the cheer team came one of one of the two i'm I'm, I'm i apologize if i'm not naming the right uh sport there but you know they came and and you could tell um the game was high scoring it went into a shootout um i think the game what it was five five going into the shootout i believe something like that five five six think, six yeah something i want to say there. it was five five because yeah. i remember being a six five final. yeah yeah something like that and you know we'd and it was back and forth sacred heart opened up the scoring i believe in like the first minute or so and yeah. you know we're sitting on the bench as coaches going oh shit this is here comes Sacred Heart, and, and you know, they had the, the fans behind them. So then we'd score, and now the fans are going nuts. Sacred Heart would score again, but the fans are still going nuts. So it makes a difference when, when you have fans there. It, it really does. Because um, obviously the boys want to show out. They want to the, prove to the school that, hey, club hockey is a real sport. It's, yeah. it's, it's a big sport. Um, you know, and, and the school does realize that. Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of good that comes from club hockey, and, it, and it's only getting bigger. I mean after the stadium series this year down at nc state i believe was where they had it yes. um you know unc and nc state played a game that was outdoors on the same rink the d1 schools played on at, on the same rink that um the nhl teams played on like a night or two before yep and they had a record crowd for club sports a, a, a club it was crazy and it was it, yeah like twenty five thousand. yeah it was insane 
and that's you know that's that's D one club, but it shows that club hockey is something because a lot of these big schools, due to um, Title Nine, they can't necessarily fund a hockey team yet, or because now they have to figure out okay, what sport are we going to add for the girls, right? Like yeah. so, that's what Title Nine is. You know, if you have a sport for boys, you have to add a sport for girls, and they have to have the same amount of funding and allocation and whatever. So. Um, you know, they have a lot of these schools have football, so then they add, you know, some other type of D1 sport. But now they have to figure out if we're going to add hockey, men's hockey, okay, what do we have to add? And maybe they can't bring in women's hockey players yet. So now they have to think of another sport, which can't happen. So instead, it's okay, we're going to have a club team. And that's why you're seeing schools like Alabama get club now, uh, Miami have club, like Kentucky has club, um, Florida State, I yeah, believe, has club. Yep, and they all do these cool little things. Like I believe it's Kentucky and Louisville. I want to say their club teams do this thing called, um, I think it's like the Midnight Game or something, yeah. and they pack the stands. The whole the whole rink is full. They play at midnight, and it's and it's crazy. And there's tons of people there. And like club hockey is fun to watch. I know people hear club sports and they're like. Ah, there's no way it could be that good hockey, but it's not. It's not bad hockey at all. You know, you have no. some legit players who who are in these who, you know, um, played juniors, played decently high level hockey, and now you know maybe they don't want to do that grind of a D three or D one, and now so they're gonna play club. And some schools only have D three club, so now you're getting kids who could possibly play D two D one club, but they're playing for D three because that's the school they're at, right? So yeah, and then. You know, bringing students to games, obviously one way to bring them in, but are there any opportunities within the club that they could possibly intern in? Um, I'm sure there are. I know one thing we've discussed is um, a social media intern. Um, posting on social, creating graphics. Um, we have somebody who takes pictures and, and for us, and she does a great job. Um, shout out Sophie for that. And you know, I'm sure we could get a team manager or something along the lines of that as an internship, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. every other sport probably has a team manager, I'm, I'm sure. I, I don't know for sure, but, um, but, you know, they probably do. And, you know, so there are roles available. Like, if you want to – if you are interested in helping out the hockey team and maybe, you know, you love hockey but you can't skate or you never played before um, – yeah, shoot us a DM on Instagram. Um, or, yeah, you can just shoot us a DM on Instagram and be like, hey, I'm interested in helping out. Like, I can't play, but I'm interested in helping out. I, I love the game, blah, blah, blah. And we can figure something out for you because um, we're always looking for that extra help. We're always looking for, you know, things that are going to push the program forward because at the end of the day, you know, that's what we want. We want to expand this so that we can have D3, D2, D1 club, and then hopefully we can get that NCAA title somewhere um so yeah any any interest or any ideas you have even if you're like oh i could see possibly helping out the hockey team by doing this and it could be an internship shoot us a message on instagram we'll we'll answer for sure of course and you know to anyone that's listening to this that's you know incoming freshman or you know you're just getting used to the school the radio station likes to broadcast you know all the sports and if you're into hockey we've done hockey before and if you want to do the season then go right ahead and come to XCI. You can talk to myself as I'm the program director, so I can help you out, direct you to our sports director, and he can help you with, you know, how to commentate games. If you already know, if you want to try some out, um, we can definitely get you set up on that. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to the season. Do we have any dates set yet as to maybe home opener, season opener? No, no, I don't believe we have any dates yet. Um, that's something that's still getting worked out. Um, we should soon. So again, like any information, just follow us on Instagram. It'll be posted there. We'll probably make a graphic up with our whole schedule when that drops. Um, and then what's your, your tag for those um, listening? Our exact tag is, I mean, I know you can just search WCSU hockey or Westcon hockey, but the exact tag is Westcon hockey. Okay. Um, it's it's Westcon Hockey. Yeah, you can follow us there. Um, on Instagram, right? On Instagram, yes, on Instagram. We're only on Instagram right now, I believe. We haven't done anything on Twitter or anything like that yet. But, again, that's something we're open to. I know a lot of the other programs do Twitter. I know Stack does. Um, I know Shoe does and things like that. And they update, like live update the game. So that, that would be, again, if you are looking to get into marketing and you want to potentially intern for us, like, again, hit us up because that's something you could help do. Um, 
because yeah marketing is is our biggest thing right now right like i said we got to get the community involved we got to get the school involved more and the way to do that is through marketing and and yeah of course coach thank you for coming on you know we're definitely going to have you on as a regular on hattrick city for the season coming up um even some of the players too i definitely think we'll probably have them in here to talk to them about their game and you know just their background overall yeah for sure that'd be awesome thanks for having me of course